Hello and welcome to another episode of Professors at Work, a weekly program where AUB professors discuss with us their research, why they chose their topics, what are they doing in the field, what are the results, and what does it all mean for the rest of us. And I'm particularly happy to have this week Professor Najat Saliba, who's a professor of chemistry at the Faculty of Arts and Sciences and has been widely recognized many awards around the world for her uh, chemistry research and her community leadership and uh, nature protection and things of that nature. Uh, but today we're going to talk to her about uh, a new activity that she and colleagues uh, are involved in. But first, uh, Najat, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Rami, for the invitation. Thank you. Well, the topic I want to discuss with you is really what you've been doing since the port explosion back in August. You and uh, colleagues uh, uh, spontaneously created uh, a group called Khaddad Beirut. Khaddad uh, means a, a jolt or a, uh, an explosion, or it has a very uh, emotive term uh, feeling to it. Uh, but Khaddad Beirut is an effort that has been active now since uh, since August. So tell us, wh what is Khaddad Beirut, and how did you start it, and why did you start it? Yes, like you said, it was the second day after the explosion when Dr. Carmen Jeha invited me to take a walk into the city, and we were walking on broken glass and uh, looking looking at windows and, and doors and ceilings shattered in all directions. And then she looked at me and she said, now, you know, the humanitarian aides are going to come and and probably attend to the immediate aid that's going to be highly needed, of course, in the city, but to reconstruct the city and to recover the city the way we want it, we must act and we must act now. So we looked at each other and we said, okay, how do we act? And uh, knowing that we are experts in, in a university, purely academic, and have done a lot of community work, we said probably the best way to do it is to take our expertise and what we know best, what to do, into the community and try to apply systematic approaches to all the recovery uh, initiatives and steps that the community is going to, to need. And this is how uh, we defined our mission as basically bringing back our dignity by putting our expertise in action. And mm -hmm. we do that by actually looking at the community, assessing their needs, and then with the community, co-designing solutions and co-designing implementations that resemble us and definitely have a sustainable arm to it. When you say the community, you're talking about many different parts of Beirut. Uh, did you start in one area? And, and how do you define the community? Just when you go into, let's say, Jamezi or uh, somewhere around there, and, and it's just the people who live there? Or, or do you go through formal mechanisms uh, that may exist through the um, municipality or, or, or citizen organizations or, or local churches and mosques or community clubs or whatever, How do, what, what is the community as you define it? So when we looked around, we saw that the urban lab uh, at the American University of Beirut, at AUB 
is well uh, equipped and ready to help in the reconstruction. And mm-hmm. we said our expertise in action is going to look at community health, uh, education, environmental health, and supporting small and medium businesses. And because mm-hmm. most of the experts that, co- that came together, and I'm talking here about 100 plus experts who came together, all have had experience with how to work with the community. So okay. we focused on those four initiatives, but we also knew from day one that we're not there to replace the government. So mm-hmm. with that said, we were looking at entities in the government or offices in the government that we have worked with, and we know for sure that they are putting all their hearts out, and we teamed up with them so that whatever model or expertise we can contribute to, we can put it in the hands of these entities, offices, or or uh, ministries, so that mm-hmm. we can work hand in hand to attend to what we as community, all of us living under all these challenges, mm-hmm. uh, need and and know how to solve. And when you work with government agencies or individuals, you're working uh, also with the same group of political and official systems that are seen to be the problem by many people in Lebanon, that the government as a whole is not doing its job and it has created so many of the crises uh, that we face. So what you're saying is that there are pockets of real human care and excellence inside the government that you can identify and work with while the bigger government picture is still problematic? This is absolutely absolutely true, Rami. What we try to do is stay away from politics and stay mm-hmm. away also from all the clientelism and the dependency and the corruption that the political mm-hmm. parties that have uh, governed uh, Lebanon for the past uh, 30 years perhaps have uh, you know uh, have done to this country we stayed away from all of this and we looked at agencies or individuals who really suffered from the corruption as much as we did and we mm-hmm. put our hands together in order for us to better serve uh, uh, people and when I say the community, I'm not differentiating myself from the community. I think we are the community. We definitely have kids who need education, whether in public schools or in the private schools, uh, although our efforts have been mainly focusing to, uh, on the public schools. Uh, like, like right now, we are all uh, bearing the consequences of a corrupt government and and suffering from not finding enough medication for uh, for our uh, you know relatives and for our families especially the ones who have chronic uh, chronic diseases so what i'm trying to say is that the community is us and the consequences of this corrupt government is us who who are basically crippling down and facing all these challenges together. And we felt, and and, and I have to admit, we felt that our expertise now is highly needed in order for us to create models, professional models, of how to attend to these problems that resemble us and does not resemble the, the, the the political groups 
that mm-hmm. have led us to this catastrophe. So, so mm-hmm. the challenges are humongous. I'm not saying that the road has been uh, easy for the past eight eight months. Uh, it has been full of challenges and obstacles, especially that everywhere you go, you see people depending so much on clientelism, mm-hmm. on depending on depending also on the political parties that have that have you know damaged everything all all the way down to the smallest offices in in any sector you look at and to break those cycles of dependency clientelism and corruption it has been super super difficult and and to bring back the trust uh you know between people and between experts and and the community and trying to tell them that we're here just to offer our know-how and together to go design and co-implement solutions is also something that we uh, we are trying to uh, to uh, bring in, but also uh, this has been very difficult. The, the uh, hundred plus experts that you mentioned, uh, many of them, most of them came from AUB, but you've also partnered with a lot of other universities. How is this? Um, um, group structured in terms of who can be involved in it? So Khadid Beirut is basically is not an organization. It's a platform for experts okay. to work together in order for us to attend to the problems that we're facing. Okay. And let's face it, I mean, any problem, any real problem uh, uh, will need so many experts from different disciplines. So the strength of Khadid Beirut is that any problem that we look into it will be tackled from different angles by many by many by many uh, groups and by mm-hmm. an interdisciplinary team and i would uh, give an example of for example looking uh, at co-designing or co uh, uh, implementing solutions in the public school and recently we have realized that some of the teachers for example are teaching using WhatsApp because they do not or cannot afford to buy a laptop. And when we tried to to actually secure some funding in order for us to buy a laptop uh, or laptops for teachers, we also realized that they would need training on how to use the uh, the online softwares because they have not been ready for the pandemic and and to use online online softwares to actually do their teaching. And also what we found is that some of the schools, although they have computers, they kept them off, yani shut down, because they didn't have the enough, enough uh, uh, personnel to actually check those computers and see which ones can withstand new softwares and new online softwares so that they can the teachers can use them in the computer lab and the schools to give their lessons. So what I'm trying to say is that uh, sometimes you look at the problem and you think it's a hardware problem, but you realize that in addition to the hardware, there is the training problem, there is the IT support problem, there is the development of the lessons using the new advancement tools, and all of this uh, and all of this was not really obvious to, to us when we started working with the schools. But because Dr. Rima Karami Akari, who is really an expert on how to help 
the school manage themselves. She always uh, applies this participatory approach to co-design and co-manage the schools and help them figure out their problems and figure out processes of solutions. We realize slowly but surely that the problem has multifaceted, it has multi-aspects uh, multi and it needed a larger group of, uh, of experts in order for us to solve the many problems that could be, you know, very briefly um, described under, under uh, you know, electronic devices, but in fact, it's not only that. And, and, and like, and like, we, you know, because we thus, with us, we have Dr. Wasim Al-Hajj, who's from computer science, and we have the computer science syndicate with us, and we mm -hmm. have people who, who are uh, uh, experts in, uh, uh, in how to design uh, classes, online courses, and how to do training. So we gathered a full team of experts to help the schools. Um, the work that is being done is being done anywhere in Beirut or Lebanon that you feel you can make a difference uh, uh, quickly um, in a meaningful way? Or are you focusing only on certain areas because you only have a limited amount of um, human expertise and, and money and time? That's absolutely correct, Rami. When we started, it was all on voluntary basis. We were all affected by the blast and we felt that there was a great need to do something. And since then, we have volunteered our time over and above all our duties as professors, as professors in AUB. Uh, uh, this, this uh, uh, model, although, uh, you know, uh, one or some can think that it's not sustainable, we ourselves are astonished of how much it survives and how much it's still getting the momentum to continue, even on voluntary basis, to help the schools. And what we did in order for us not to get burned out completely, we said in order for, for us to create models of success, let's focus on few. And, and for the schools, we focused on six public schools that were completely affected by the blast. For the supporting small and medium uh, enterprises and businesses, we focused on helping uh, around 30 businesses. And in community health, we decided to work with one of the most affected hospitals uh, after the blast. It's the public hospitals, uh, the hospital of Carantina. And we chose Carantina because it's located in a marginalized area and where people would need most attention. So in, in, in brief, what we're trying, what I'm trying to say is that we focused on few locations or few interventions in order for us to learn from my, from our mistakes and to also optimize the process. And once this is successful, we will write our own guidebook, we will write our own stories and documentation, and we will share it with anyone who would like to take this model and apply it anywhere else. And, and this raises the question of the role of the university, any university, in this case AUB, but you're working with other people, I imagine. The role of the university in society, I mean, this is a pretty dramatic 
example. I know that the engineering students and professors went out there the first day to look at buildings and how safe are they. The public health people went out, the urban lab people went out. So there was a spontaneous, instantaneous response from uh, several places around AUB, the medical school, I'm sure, had people and nurses going out. Um, what does this tell you in terms of what, what you've learned about perhaps a bigger and more direct role of multi-dimensional, multi-sectoral expertise in a university going out into the community on a more regular basis? This is not new for many of us. I mean, especially in Lebanon, AUB is so much integrated into the challenges of the society that many of us who are in Khadid Beirut and otherwise and other places have been, you know, directly and intimately engaged with the problems and the challenges of the society. I have, uh, uh, I have directed the Nature Conservation Center and probably since 10 years ago, we have been involved in reforestation initiatives, helping mm -hmm. villages in, uh, uh, in uh, you know, finding, finding new ways of reinventing themselves in terms of economic and, uh, and greenery spaces and otherwise. And, and so uh, our work at the, at the Nature Conservation Center, Tamam, uh, it's, is a center that Rima Karami Akari uh, has led for also around 10 years, has also been, uh, you know, a program completely and directly engaged with the public schools to help them identify their problems and learn about how to go, how to go about solving those problems. So what I'm trying to say is that we are not alien to this uh, work. And yes. I think it's very, uh, uh, it's not fair uh, to say that Khadid Beirut came just after the explosion. Probably our work was combined together after the explosion, but it's built on many, many years of experience, each one of us alone in his own center or group of professors working together. So this is the beauty right. of AUB because AUB does not detach itself from, uh, from its surrounding. And, uh, and this is the beauty of, of Khadid Beirut is that it's built on, on many years of experience and expertise from many, many professors who like to take their experts into their expertise into action. Mm -hmm. I mean, some professors don't, but we felt that some of us who act, who are who have been actively engaged in the community uh, are ready to pull our resources and knowledge together in order for us to to do something. And since we're talking about the university, what are the dimensions of the work you're doing, the lessons you've learned, the experiences you've had, the partnerships you've created? What are the lessons of all of these things? that will go back into the classroom. Uh, will some of this be, some of this experience be used in teaching students about integrated community development or community-based uh, rehabilitation? Or there's so many different dimensions or the interdisciplinarity uh, of all of these things. So it, will this experience, and it's ongoing, uh, feed back into the curriculum, the teaching methods, the uh, maybe even designing new courses or even new majors 
or minors at the university? Yes, probably it's a it's a bit early to talk about new majors and minors, but definitely uh, our ways of teaching has cha- has have changed uh, uh, since the blast. I can talk about my personal experience. I have uh, taught two classes after after the explosion, and the students are part of the society. They would love to talk about what happened during the explosion what are the causes the risks and uh, and the so- you know the social impact of uh, of of the explosion on our lives and how them as as, as youth feel like they want to do something they want to understand what happened and so because I'm a chemistry professor i taught the first time i asked my chemistry students to investigate and understand the danger of all the chemicals that were used or were stored at the port in uh, in not in a safe way. And probably the first thing we teach in chemistry is safety. And so this went uh, all against all, all standard operating procedures and all norms of storage and handling of any chemical. And, yes. and and the students were absorbing all these lectures or half lectures, I would say, for you know before every uh, and every lecture, I would take ten minutes to discuss uh, the topics uh, at hand and how we should uh, we should be handling those chemicals and how they should be storage and what are the dan- dangers and chemical reactions that might cause explosion that were associated with the chemicals that were discussed in the newspapers and everything. And the student loved it. And they wrote beautiful articles uh, about, you know, each of these chemicals and how they need to be uh, better handled and and safely stored. In the following uh, course, I was teaching a chemical engineering uh, class. And we extended this concept from the explosion all the way to talk about safety moments in general. And each of the students just picked a safety moment or, um, or is, you know, a, a problem, a risk that might be, uh, might be caused by negligence or not attending to the proper, uh, and the standards that should be, that should be, uh, observed before anything is constructed or anything is stored. And and the myriad of ideas and articles that were written were amazing. They were they were amazing how much of the safety has been violated in our daily lives and the stories that I heard about their personal stories about how much risk they themselves or their relatives have been put through because because of this government not applying the safety standard and procedures uh, in many, many aspects. So uh, definitely this is going to be the topic of our discussions in our labs and in our classes for many, many years to come. We are also now creating a team that will be documenting the steps that we're taking and the discussions that we're having among us at a multi, as a multidisciplinary team on how to go about this crisis. And, and these documents will be shared with the world because we don't believe that, uh, that uh, Beirut is unique. There might be other problems that, uh, or, or other disasters in the world 
that could benefit from our experience. Well, you're very in inspiring as a professor and as a scholar and as an individual, and for years you've been doing this with your students. I've seen it at Nibda and other things that you've done, so it's great to see it continue to to expand. And Najat, we have only a minute left. A quick question. What is the next uh, critical priority for you in this Khadid Beirut uh, process? Is to uh, finalize Uh, create this successful model that we have been working on for eight years on the four aspects of the impact initiatives that we call them. So we will be sharing with you our lessons learned and uh, and what we learned from all of these uh, initiatives that we undertook. Well, well, I'm sure we'll come back to you after many months and uh, when you've done that, you can share it with the world again. Um, we've run out of time. Professor Najat Saliba from the Chemistry Department, Professor of Chemistry and winner of many international awards. Uh, thank you for being with us and uh, keep up your good work. Thank you, Rami. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share with the world what we're doing. And thank you to the audience for listening in. This has been Professors at Work, a weekly program where AUB professors explain to us the work and the research they're doing and what they're discovering and why it matters to the rest of us. I'm your host, Rami Khouri. Join me again next week at the same time. Bye for now.